podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the What Am I Going With Here? The Guy Drinkle Show or the Not So Nina Calder Show? Anyway, pick, take your pick. But I am covering Nina. You know me, I'm Guy. I was on this too much years ago and I'm producer Guy. But I'll introduce my guests and we'll get into Leeds 1, Liverpool 1. Um, we may have some callers and they may not be surrounded about the game because the game doesn't really matter considering the Super League stuff that came out over the weekend and today. But I'll introduce my guest, Dave. How are you doing, Dave? Uh, apart, apart from the football uh, and all the things that surround it, I'm bloody good guy. So uh, good to speak to you and thanks for having us on. This is the first time we may have actually spoken. So I think it is. I've heard your voice many a time. Uh, so it feels like I have spoken to you, but, but actually I'm searching my archives now and I don't think I have spoken to you yeah. before. I can only apologise. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. Uh, we also have Sam with us, who I have spoken to too much. How are you doing, Sam? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Can I suggest maybe the Misery Hour as the name of the show? I don't know. Oh, it's, yes. It's up to you. But like the, the, Dave sounded like he was signing off there. He was like, oh, thanks for having me on. Is it? And that, that was him. That was him done. Any questions? Yeah. <laughs> yeah let's, let's wrap this up. But uh, yeah, first, first of all, I just want to say, Guy, happy birthday, Guy. Mm. Um, I was hoping we'd be celebrating your birthday with a win today. But um, unfortunately, as this season has gone, it's never quite that simple, is it, mate? Well, I think the last time there was a game on my birthday, do you want to know what game it was? Uh, oh, uh, no, I don't know, actually. It was yes, the Aston Villa semi-final. Oh, the Lovren yep. um, kick at the oh, end yeah. that's, still, that's still orbiting the earth. Yeah, that ball will... <laughs> I, just, to, just to finish off this birthday, that ball will come hit me in the back of the head during the <laughs> Oh dear. Uh, but yeah, if you do want to ask a question to these two, um, just tag me in the Discord chat. And obviously, if you're listening to this later on, do join the Discord. And then Nina does this weekly. We have UP, etc. All that jazz um, on weekly. But we'll get into the game. Um, Dave, I'll start with you. And I mean, our, our team sheet, no Nat Phillips due to injury, more Salah on the bench. Great choice of F FPL captain from me there. And a midfield that we seemingly used during our bad run. And it started, well, we'll get into the performance, but I didn't like the look of that midfield. Um, but again, a kind of a strange team, considering we've had a bit of a break since I can't remember who the hell we last played, considering the weekend. Madrid. Oh, dear. What did you think? Yeah, I'm never happy, to be honest, when uh, I see Fabinho has to play centre back. You know, I didn't like it when we first started doing that uh, regularly earlier this season. And then, you know, in the last month when we've been able to see him in midfield, it, we just realised how much we're missing in there, you know, and how much he offers in terms of that shield, but also how he 
distributes the ball as well, and so it just it, it just looked a bit lackluster straight off off the bat, didn't it? You know, when you've got Milner and Genie mm-hmm. in there, um, you know what you're going to get, and it's never going to be dazzling. So you know, I wasn't particularly happy with that. I think Mo getting dropped, you know, was a bit of a surprise. But then you sort of thinking, well, you know, it, the guys behind the scenes must be looking at him, and you know, decided he needed a rest. So I kind of accepted that. But I mean, let's face it, that team that was put out should have had enough to pick up three points tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the general performance for the first half was pretty damn good as well, but. As I say, we'll we'll get into that. And um, I mean, Sam, your your two cents on the starting eleven, and I mean, what's your thoughts on the midfield midfield specifically? And probably, I mean, the big question is for being you're getting moved about. I mean, we did. What did we have? Reece, did we have Davies and Reese Phillips? Uh, Reese Williams on the uh, bench. So it's a choice rather than necessity from Klopp. Yeah, that, that's the problem now. I think he's he's got to a point now where it's either those two, uh, Nat and um, Quebec playing at the back, or he, he's dropping in Fabinho. It doesn't seem to be an option now um, to have Reese Williams back there. And Ben Davis, I don't know if he's been in a cupboard or, or what, <laughs> um, but you know we, we've signed like an emergency centre-back in January and it's now April the 19th and he hasn't had a single minute for us. So I don't know what's going on with him. I don't know whether he's just a bit of a signing that we'll make some money on uh, if they ever intended on playing him at some point. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm with Dave. I, I hate seeing Fabinho in defence. Uh, you know, he does a job there, of course, but we, we found out recently that you know we've really struggled when he hasn't been in midfield and when we've put him into midfield we've had a bit of a mini revival you know the odd blip obviously real madrid uh, but that's a you know a step up but in the premier league when we've got fabinho in midfield we've had a lot better control of games and you know today seeing him having to play at center back i really did worry about our legs in midfield and how well we protect the back four. And as we saw today, especially in the last 20 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, we, we really did struggle. And I think a lot of that is to do with the lack of control that we had in that midfield. Yeah, that's a good point. I think, I mean, we've seen the reverse substitution of taking him from midfield and putting him centre-back in the last few games when we're needing a goal. I mean, we could have probably done with the reverse of that later on in the game. Um, but hey-ho... Football doesn't matter anyway. We're in we're in the Super League next year. <laughs> uh, do, I mean, do either you want to touch on that, or do you want to just focus on the game? Because I know. think it's almost inevitable, <laughs> isn't it? We're going to end up there. It's, it's the uh, elephant in the room, isn't it? Really, we gotta gotta address it. Yeah. Well, let's do it now because then we can get it. Well, the good stuff for a half, and then the bad stuff for a half. So, I mean, Dave, this the Super League. I mean, we've had a couple pro shows on it. I mean, just just your quick two cents on it. There seems to be mostly a negative reaction to it, but there is obviously some maybe positive, st- strong word, but some definite points worth talking about with with the proposals. The thing I'm a bit perplexed about, guy, is there seems to be this um, this battle for the soul of football, and you know, everyone's worshiping this kind of socialist ideal that football is football sold its fucking soul to money a long time ago 
mm-hmm. right? It, I I moved to Preston in 1994, right? Great historic football town, uh, city now, but it wasn't at the time. And I remember, I, I, I think it was that Christmas, right? Man United set up a fucking shop there. And I thought... <laughs> what the fuck is going on? (laughs) It was literally, you know, just selling Man United merchandise and stuff. They were the first that really broke the mold on, you know, a football club being a football club. No, a football club was a business. And it's been run like that since. Everyone has been complicit, you know, in watching the likes of Abramovich coming in, the uh, guys at Man City, what's happening at PSG. And, I, what I don't get is that like UEFA and FIFA are suddenly whiter than white. It's like, oh, you know, they 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 love football, and you know, it's it's uh, all the breakaway clubs are looking to uh, destroy all of this, and you know, uh, this pyramid. I I don't like the proposal. I don't like you know the closed system kind of mm-hmm. nature. I, I, I you know, but it's 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 one of those. I think they're all a bunch of see you next Tuesdays, but um. Yeah, it's not about you know this purity of football that everyone everyone seems to be with their own agenda. Even Gary Neville, who's going on about it, he owns fucking Salford. He's the got Sky a vested interest in it. In it, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he works for Sky, who are like, oh fucking hell! Well, if we've got the Champions League without all the biggest teams in, what have we got? It looks like we've overpaid now and look like a bunch of chumps. So it's hard to hear through all the noise what the reality is so yeah i am i'm kind of on the fence i'm neither pro nor against i'm not as partisan i'm not kind of you know completely against it and i actually think it's just a little bit in negotiating all this nonsense about you know we'll break away and then uefa are saying you know we'll kick uh the clubs out you know Mm -hmm. the premier league is saying we'll kick you out as well none of that will happen can you imagine the premier league without Man United without Liverpool. I do think the comedy of this is that Arsenal and Spurs are in this mix. (laughs) I don't know why they're there. Um, You know, fair play to Neville tonight on Monday Night Football. He he did call them out as a joke for that. It is a little bit funny. But yeah, so I I don't know. In all that jumbled mess, I, I think I've got an opinion in there somewhere. Yeah, I think I'm kind of similar with you. I think it's to me, it just boils down to Sam that you just got to pick your favorite set of billionaires and who, who do you back? I mean, it's evil v evil, really, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Dave's hit the nail on the head there. It's 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 all about money. It has been for a very long time as well. It's, there's nothing that drastically different here. The 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 thing I'm with Dave on that I dislike about this proposal is the fact that on paper it sounds like they are trying to create an, a, a literally closed shop. At the moment, obviously, the, there's a domination by the big six on the Champions League spaces and very few other teams do get in, but at least they have the option or the opportunity to get in on paper if they do overperform, you know, despite the, the financial disadvantages that they have. Um, this proposal that they're bringing in, it, it seems like their plan is to make it impossible for any of the smaller sides to get into Europe whatsoever, into the top European competition anyway. And for me, I think that's the bit that, that I'm not liking, that, that is against the spirit of the game. 
But at the end of the day, these big six clubs in England, for example, they know they are the ones that bring in the money. They are the ones why these deals are so lucrative for the Premier League, for Sky, for BT. This is why these are bringing in big, big bucks. And they've just come to the point. They've been proposing things for a long time. And the way the Premier League works is that they need to have a majority of 14 clubs come into the same decision before they can push anything through. And whenever the big six propose something, the other 14 are always going to go against it, aren't they? So they, they've come to a point where they know that they can be earning a hell of a lot more money because they are the clubs that are the most interesting to the public and they're the ones that bring in the viewers. So they know that their product is worth a lot more. And I think they've come to the point in this modern era, they know they'd make a hell of a lot more money if they just went out on their own and did loads of streaming services off their own back, cut out the middleman, and they'd make a hell of a lot more money. So I can see why this is happening. Um, I think it, there's going to have to be a point where there's a compromise. I, I, I'm thinking and hoping that there will be a compromise in the end because I, I'd like there to be a little bit of soul to it. I think with this proposal, it would make the Premier League a bit pointless outside of winning it. Uh, mm -hmm. a lot, there'd be a lot of dead rubber games. And at the moment, you know, there's teams still fighting for positions and, and trying to get into Europe and things like that. I think that is something that they need to retain, hopefully. So personally, I just think they're going to ha have to give a hell of a lot more of the cut to the top six in order to keep the status quo as it is in place now. Otherwise, I think... They, they seem to mean business this time and they might just push through something pretty drastic just to make sure that they do get that extra cash. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think you're way for the Premier League. Everyone's just got to kind of bribe the way out of this. And, uh, well, it, it, it's worked in the past, so I, <laughs> I don't see why not. So, so just continue doing what they've always done. Lovely yeah, stuff, right? Just, here's money in a big bag. And I'll shut up. And then we'll be back in 10 years with more money in a big bag. Um. But anywho, if you're listening along and fancy asking anything or airing any grievances with uh, with the Super League, I may, I may come back to it at the end and kind of top and tail the show with it. But we'll get into the game now. Um, Dave, I mean, the first part of the game, I mean, probably the first 20, 25 minutes, it was pretty much domination from the Reds. I mean, we had a couple decent chances, if not half chances. I think Firmino had a couple off the top of my head. Jotter have one as well. But is that kind of been the problem? We, I mean, there was a stat, I'll say, I'll say it when we get to the half-time period, but we just really didn't take the chances considering our domination that first 20 minutes. It, it was another Groundhog Day, wasn't it? <laughs> you know, it was just... Um, we did look dominant, but without the goals, I, I could just never really settle down because th that's what's been different. This calendar year... We just haven't killed teams. So when when we've been on top, you know, in the last few years, we've looked devastating at times. And, and we've been ruthless as well in punishing anything, any kind of mistakes or anything like that. Now it seems like we need quite a lot of chances to actually score. And, and we're, we also seem to be just struggling to create really good chances, you know, mm. kind of one-on-ones with the keeper and and stuff like that type chances so yeah it, it did look good it was good on the eye 
but we've seen this play out so many times this season, haven't we? Where we've been on top, and then the opposition team kind of soak it up, and then there's only a goal in it, and then you know we we inevitably get the sucker punch. But in terms of overall play, I, I can't really have any complaints. Really, I don't think with that first half, just just lack of goals. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. I mean, Sam, to come to you, I mean. Probably expanding the whole first half. I mean, Leeds did have a chance, and we'll get into that in a sec. But uh, the goal aside, I mean, let let's focus on the front three because obviously we're we're delighted with Jota so far this season. He's probably been one of the actual positives from this poor year. But Mane got the goal, obviously. I mean, if he if he missed that, there would have been torches out, I reckon. But Bobby, he's obviously came into a lot of criticism this season, if not eighteen months now, and. I thought it was another continuation of poor form, really, from from Bobby. Yeah, it it, it was a strange old half, really, as, as you said. You know, there were there were lots of positives there. Um, Sky came up with a stat. It was something like was it twenty nine touches in the Leeds half and uh, in the Leeds box yeah, in the first the half. This is the most touches ever records. recorded. Yeah. yeah, which is incredible, you know, and. So we're doing a lot right in that first half, but the biggest problem we've had this season hasn't been defensively, really, which is the shock. It's been when we do get to these very promising positions, we completely shit the bed. And, you know, we can only put that down to the front three that was playing on the pitch today. You know, I I was really hoping that once Mane got his goal, which, you know, he tried his best to miss, but um, he did manage to sneak into the corner. I thought, I thought he missed. I, I shit myself. I couldn't believe it. Why, is he, like going, it, didn't it? why <laughs> is he going for the corner when it's an open goal, you lunatic? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, thank God it went in anyway. And I thought, right, here we go. Mane, he's going to be on it now. And then he had this little opportunity on the right-hand side of the box a little later on in, in the first half. And he cut into his on his left foot, kind of left the defender for dead. And you just mm. think a confident man, he's got a great left foot. You know, he can hit the ball with both feet. Um, you know, remember, remember that Arsenal goal on his debut and he just cut in on his left and absolutely piled, driving it into the top corner. And he, he didn't fancy a shot. And he tried to square it and, and the ball kind of ricocheted out for a corner. He, he's, he's still, you know, it's going to take time with Mane. I think it, it's one of those ones we're going to just need to recharge at the end of the season with him. I think he's, I'd be very surprised if we get him fully firing before the end of this season now. So, but that goal might give him a little bit of a boost and it's a, it's a bit of a monkey off his back there, getting that goal. Um, Jota lively again, but you know, he's been missing some kilt edge chances actually since he's mm. come back. He's had a few headers today again, close range and he's hit it over the bar. And, and yeah, Bobby now to get back to Bobby. He's he he's had some lovely touches today. That turn he made right at the end of the game to nearly set up Ox, fantastic. You know, he when he does stuff like that, he's unplayable. But it's too few and far between. He, he isn't on it as well. And I think that there's we're very nearly a good side again at the moment. But when things start to go wrong, like they did in the second half of the game today, we, we're running out of steam horrifically and we're letting opposition teams back in. And today I was feeling like we were going to do the same as we did against Leicester, where we looked very comfortable and we're going to come away with a 1-0 win. 
and then all of a sudden we're thinking, oh shit, we're going to lose this. So, uh, yeah, mate, I, I, I don't know. I think the boys played the last 20 minutes as if they knew that it didn't matter because they're in Europe anyway. <laughs> but for me, this, this Super League, I can't see that happening next season anyway. It would be something in the next two or three seasons. So they need to pull their fingers out their ass. But at the end of the day, Leeds away this season, we, we know can be a hell of a really difficult game. And I, I just want to give credit to Leeds, really, because... I, I know we we can say it in a lot of games because we've struggled in a lot of games, so you can give credit to the opposition. But I think Leeds genuinely played some lovely stuff today. They pressed mm-hmm. their asses off in that first half. Um, it was reminiscent of a of a really good Klopp side, the way that they pressed so hard against the, our defenders. And we really did struggle to play it out from the back. And then we'd have to go long and we'd give the ball away. And then they put the pressure back on us. And it really did build in the second half. And I think, to be fair to Leeds, they really did get the goal that they deserved. And in my opinion, we probably deserve to lose that game with that performance in the second half. So um, to come away with a draw, it's very, very frustrating after seeing our rivals for the top four positions drop points this weekend. It's another opportunity lost. But a lot of those teams do have to play each other still. This is probably our second hardest game remaining of the season. We got Man United away as well. Uh, so apart from that, this should be a bit easier. So, you know, very disappointed at this moment in time, but you never know. Come the end of the season, it might look like a vital point that actually gets us over the line for fourth. Yeah, and just just for the context of that, now we we've played thirty-two. Uh, we're on fifty-three points. Chelsea played thirty-one, they're on fifty-four, and the West Ham uh 32 and 55 points so i mean we're we're where we are within one game if i could actually bloody speak um but i mean david it probably is a opportunity miss as sam mentioned west ham slipping up against newcastle regardless of their injuries that's a result like that's not going to happen every time i mean chelsea uh, bad result west from the other the other day uh, the other week as well so we have to maybe disrespect for the leads but we have to beat teams like leads to take advantage of this don't we yeah 100 percent. it is absolutely an opportunity missed and especially to concede so uh, such a soft goal you know there was nothing intricate about it you could say you know leads deserved it there's no question about it, it the goal was coming um, and, and they did deserve it. But, uh, you know, from that position of strength, we should have just closed the game down. And I feel like definitely in the second half, we just lost that midfield, we ran out of legs, and we just can't keep doing that. We can't keep throwing points away. I think, to be honest, I, I think Chelsea have got too much quality. I, th- I think they will turn it around, and I think they will sneak in the top four. So you're looking at both West Ham and Leicester really kind of dropping points. Um, I, I It feels to me like West Ham are on more of a bubble, um, and I'd fancy Leicester to, to stay up there more. But, yeah, it's it's not a good position to be in where you, you're sort of looking at what other teams are doing and, and you're hoping they drop points, and it's not in your own hands. Um, but I do feel that it's going to go down to the last game of the season for sure. Yeah, ho- I mean, hopefully we were in a shout with them, a shout by then, or at least, um, well, hopefully we'd be secure by them. But I doubt it, considering our form. 
Um, but back into the first half, and Dave, I'll stick with you. I mean, our goal, it was nice playing throwing on the left-hand side. Um, I think he threw it to Ginny, back to Quebec, and then Jotter a fantastic pass to Trent, and then, again, Trent, since he's been dropped, apart from the Madrid um, tie in Madrid, he's he's been pretty damn good recently, hasn't he? He has, but I think it was all about that ball from Jota. Mm. I thought, you know, of all of our good build-up play, I thought the only one who really looked busy was Jota. I, I thought he really looked like he was up for it, and uh, mm. that cutting pass straight through. It was a great run by Trent, um, but to actually see him and to execute that pass as well, that that kind of made the goal for me. It is, you know, a lot of the narrative, certainly they like to talk about it on Sky, don't they? It's all about Trent and how, you know, since he got dropped, how great he is now. But I don't really think it was. He was crap when he came back from COVID. You know, I remember against the Southampton game in particular, he just had an awful game. But, you know, fair play to him. He, like I say, he was just coming back from an illness. I think he's been good for a while now. But it's just, it's a convenient narrative, isn't it? It's like sticking it to Gareth Southgate. And it's almost like retrofitting some kind of credit for Gareth Southgate. You know, he's kind of dropped him. And that spurred on Trent to be great. And I, I don't think it is. I, I thought he was playing well before that whole snub thing. Um, but yeah, it was, it, it was nice. You know, again, he, he doesn't panic, does he? Like, you know, right backs of old. <laughs> he sort of got into that position. He sees Mane's open, and as you guys discussed before, you know he did his best to miss it and give me a fucking heart attack. Um, but yeah, just brilliant, brilliant goal. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And Sam, I forgot to mention, Leeds actually had a chance before we scored when Fabinho decided to be drunk for a little bit and pass it to Leeds, and then I think it was Bamford who. Mr. 1v1 with Ali, but I mean, suppose we can talk about Ali. He looked back to his yeah. best in this form. Well, I first of all, I thought it was really nice of Fabinho to have a couple of pints to celebrate your birthday. <laughs> um, I thought that was quite, you know, a nice touch by him. But yeah, it did, it did cost him with his touch. I don't know what happened there. He just lost focus. Um, it, it was a bit ironic, really, because I, I really thought Leeds pressed fantastically in that first half and we dealt with it really well on the mm. whole you know we did have a few nervy moments and we did give it away a little bit but you know considering how well I thought Leeds were pressing we were dealing with it pretty well and then when they didn't press ironically that's when Fabinho kind of fell into the trap and uh, was a bit complacent and gave the chance and yeah it, it was Banford um one-on-one with Alisson he did a slightly heavy touch and Alisson kind of took advantage because he'd rushed out and, and basically completely smothered it. But our luck this season, you know, I don't know if you're Naked Gun fans, but it's a bit like Norberg in uh, O.J. Simpson's character in uh, the <laughs> Naked Gun series where yeah. just like he'll fall off the side of a, of the stadium and then he land on like a trolley and that would roll in down the street and then he hit every cone and just <laughs> keep continually getting hit in the bollocks. That's basically a metaphor for Liverpool season so far. I feel I just it it bounced off Allison onto Fabinho and I was fully expecting it to go into the back of the net there. 
you know, when when Bamford did let us off the hook, I was still expecting it to go in, and it just crept wide of the post. And I thought, right, our luck is changing here. And you know, as you said, there was a number of chances for Leeds today, and Alisson bailed us out time and time again. And you know, even though the equaliser came in the last five minutes, and it was a really sloppy goal, and we feel really pissed off and hard done by. On the overall balance of play, the amount of chances Leeds created there, they should have put us to bed, really. So, um, at the end of the day, we, we must admit that we were not good enough today. There were big problems with our performance today. But, you know, looking forward to the last six fixtures that we've got now, you know, our last four games are Southampton at home, West Brom away, Burnley away, Crystal Palace at home. You know, so if we are in within a game of getting into the top four, going into the last four games, then you know it's it's horrendous really playing for top four. I can't be asked with it. I know what you mean. It is horrible stuff, but it's so so important for next season. If we are in the Champions League again, it'll give us a massive boost because when crowds are back. I don't know about you guys, but I'm desperate to get there for a European night. So I'd be bitterly disappointed if we can't and find a way just to grind it up. will be expensive. Oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> well, this, this is us basing it on it being Champions League. Uh, you know, I don't think they're going to turn around a European Super League in time for next season, put it that way. So even Sorry. if it is something in the pipeline, I think... Uh, it, it's we need to pull our fingers out of our asses and get that top four place. Mm-hmm. I mean, in two years' time, we'll have the European night every week, so you'll be fine there. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tickets will be he's a piss to get all of. Exactly. Oh, uh, that's so unpositive. Oh, dear. But that was pretty much the first half. I mean, there wasn't too much, too many quality chances to talk about. I mean, we've kind of touched on Firmino there, but moving on into the second half and Probably for the first ten minutes of that half, Dave, we we continued to play well. I think Jota missed a chance from a from a header. Bobby skinned a couple people and made made a the keeper make a good save. Um, again, not really taking the chances, but it looked like we were at least continuing to play well into the second half. Yeah, I I think you're right. At, at least for about ten minutes, and I'd probably have to watch the game back again to take the emotion out of it. But <laughs> it did feel like <laughs> we, we. Yeah, well, there is that. <laughs> so it did feel like we were we were still playing well. You know, it wasn't like you know they they'd had a a flea in their ear at half time leads and and come out and then you know really gone at us. We we still had the upper hand, and it was just. It was gradual, and you know there was a moment where there was a cross came in and it hit Trent's arm, and I thought, oh, "Fucking hell, here we go again." VAR <laughs> only against us, and for once it it didn't go against us, and I thought, oh, "Here we go, our look might be changing." Um, but it seemed to be—I don't know if it was exactly that moment, but it seemed to be around that period where. Leeds United seemed to get more and more of the ball. We just lost the midfield completely. And apart from breakaways, I still think we had lots and lots of chances to mm. kill off the game. But we just lost the the possession. You know, we lost control of the game. And so, yeah, it's it had all the hallmarks, didn't it? 
of of that last minute kind of equalizer. I know it wasn't quite last minute, but uh, yeah, it definitely started off well, and then it just deteriorated. And you know, there there are other people on this pod who, who know much more about the sports science side of it and stuff. But you know, it, it kind of looked to the eye test. It, it kind of looks like they just they just ran out of steam. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Sam, in my notes, I mean, I've got 55 minutes Leeds getting back into it. But as Dave mentioned, was it Leeds improving? Because you mentioned that we kind of controlled it quite a bit in the first half, but they were still pressing well and stuff like that. But we almost just died on our feet. I mean, again, a minute after I mentioned 55, I put midfield question mark because it just seemed to disappear. Yeah, we we started the second half. Was was it the Jota head uh, like mm. on forty seven minutes? Yeah, uh, like that that was the chance that we had straight at the start of the second half, and and you know that would have probably put it to bed, um, and and we we blew it, you know, and we just slowly slowly lost more and more control, and we were we were clearly just trying to hang on to the win. And you know, the problem with doing that against a side like Leeds is they will drain the life out of you. You know, they're so intense and they, they fair play to them. They play some lovely stuff and they make the pitch enormous. And our boys, you know, really did seem to be struggling. They looked absolutely knackered by the end. So you're totally right. The midfield was struggling. I thought, you know, Milner was good for an hour. Again, was doing some good things. Obviously, there's limitations to his game, but... He was fighting his ass off and he was putting in some good blocks and, and things like that. But after the hour mark, we completely, completely lost control and, and Leeds were running away with it a bit. And we, we, we are, I, I got to say, we are lucky to get away with not losing that game in the end. It was that bad. Um, so, you know, when we've got people like Kate yet again on the bench today, not getting on, obviously there's something not right there. Um, Thiago's playing again today. It, he's got so much quality, but when he hasn't got Fabinho behind him, it's not quite working what we're doing at the moment. The balance is obviously wrong. And, you know, Genie not on it again today. It hasn't worked. You know, we've said this a long time. It's a very tough team to play in a midfield three for this Liverpool side. You have to be perfect for it to work. And today... Unfortunately, the midfield three that played today weren't good enough. Yeah, I mean, Dave, by, by extension, I mean, I think even before we start recording, you mentioned Ox there. He came on eventually for Jota, I think it was. But you look at that midfield, I don't think any of them actually came off, did they? And we've got, who did we have on the bench? We had Naby on the bench, Ox on the bench, Shakiri on the bench. They're probably the main options, and Salah, obviously, but he's not a midfield. But... I mean, does it beg the questions that Klopp just simply doesn't trust Naby and Ox? I mean, are they, are they maybe this is a bit sensationalist, but are their Liverpool careers done because that midfield performance, like you could see early on in the second half, they were knackered and to not address it at all, really, it's it's either bad management or not trusting the players to come on. Yeah, I I, I don't think Klopp's had his best year, has he? And, and there's been lots of things. It's an exceptional year, you know, even without this European Super League bollocks that's just, just sprung up. It was exceptional before that. I, I think a lot of things Klopp's done this year have been a bit questionable. 
But with Cater, it, it's difficult to know, isn't it? You know, because mm. he's always kind of on the periphery of being injured or fit. You know, he's walking the line constantly. And I've seen a few times where, you know, someone will appear on the bench who could definitely have a positive impact on the game, but you never see them. So you think, well, mm. are they really, are they there to just make up the numbers? Or, you know, are they actually an option? Because they seem to be the correct option, you know, for if you want to unlock a defense, you know, if you've got someone like Cater or um, mm. Shakiri or someone like that, you know, bring them on. But well, was it Chelsea just... you mentioned Cater? What was it? From a footballing standpoint, Cater made the lot more sense than Milner playing, but then he yeah. took off Salah and brought on Milner or something like that, didn't he? Back back then, which was about a year ago in pandemic times, so he obviously rate Cater as a footballer because he's mentioned he's probably better than James Milner but I mean to throw him in against Madrid then not see him at all it's very strange isn't it it, it does seem strange and you know it, it was unfair I think uh, to throw him into that game you know for his first proper start um, and it obviously didn't work out but then I don't know I think he's going to struggle with, with just trusting Cater you know, mm. just I, I think you know if you know you know what you're getting from Milner and Genie. Whereas with Cater, he can absolutely destroy teams on his own. You know that that Palace victory, you know, in December, the seven nil, he was sensational in that game. And when he's on it, he is properly on it. But since then, he's just been in and out of the team with injuries. And I can only conclude, I. I Obviously, don't know, but I, I suspect he just wasn't properly fit to come on. In which case, I, I don't know why he's even on the bench. You know, if he's really not an option, don't have him on the bench. But when he's he's clearly going to have a positive impact on the game, you know, offering that high energy pressing. You know, he's a clever footballer, can run with the ball. It just seems odd to bring to not bring him on. And Ox, I honestly, I I can't remember the last time I saw Ox come on and he had a positive impact on the game. It must I, have been and Atletico it's sad, Madrid. really. Sorry? It must, it must have been Atletico Madrid, really. That's the last time I remember him played well. Yeah, I mean, before he had his last big injury, I mean, he he was looking phenomenal. And, and at times... He has looked great, especially. I prefer him in the midfield and not yeah, in that absolutely. front three. But um, since he's come back, and, and to be fair, he's not had a proper run either. So he's kind of brought in, usually to try and make some kind of impact. But he just, he looks a bit of a shadow of his former self, unfortunately. So, you know, we just we just don't look like we've got good options at the minute. You know, we've got this problem with injuries with different players. and. Honestly, I, I can't really wait to the summer, if I'm honest. Yeah, I'm 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 right there with you. I mean, the the Super League news just kind of makes the games feel almost even more pointless, and we're not playing too well. I mean, I suppose it could be if we got through past Real Madrid, we might have got booted out for the Super League stuff, which might have been worse. So who knows? <laughs> yeah, come on, we we'll all have a little bit of a laugh if City get booted out and Man United won't. <laughs> 
It serves as a lawsuit. That's what I'm going with. <laughs> oh, it would be hilarious. PSG doing a parade because they got, got the <laughs> By default. Yeah. Oh, dear. Oh. Right. Uh, Sam, I mean, your, your two cents on the midfield. You mentioned that they didn't really perform, but Ox coming on, but he came on half midfield, half winger type thing, didn't he? And not, Nabby not coming on. Henderson's out for the rest of the season, seemingly. I think Klopp alluded to it. He might not even be ready for the Euros. Um, which other midfielders we don't do we hold? Fabinho is obviously needed at centre back. I mean, that's probably that's probably the one option that Klopp's trust, but he obviously doesn't tr- uh, trust um, Reese or or Davies, as we mentioned at the start. Yeah, I think that that's our biggest problem at the moment is when things aren't going well. As you said, Klopp clearly doesn't trust the bench to change things. You know, there's, there's players on there we know can perform. Shakiri's been having the odd cameo recently, but what's he had? Five, ten minutes at a time, max? Um, <laughs> Kate, uh, you know, I'd be stunned if we keep him past this summer now. The way it is very disappointing because he's, he's a... He's got so much talent and you can see it, you know, the glimpses of him on the ball. He just glides past players like they're not even there. But there's there's something not right, clearly. Um, I don't know whether Klopp doesn't like his work off the ball anymore. I, I, I don't know what it is, but he doesn't seem to trust him. Um, so he's just an empty shirt at the moment. Um, you know, if we're not bringing him on, what's the point in having him? Uh, similar with Ox, I think that injury he had was horrific. And it's it's robbed him of his explosivity that he had, which was basically his secret weapon. And players, when he was running at them, really struggled to get near him. And I think he's he's lost a bit of that, unfortunately. And he he strikes me as a player who needs a run of games, you know, starting. But we just can't afford to do that at the moment. I think that's the biggest problem. Similar with Keita, really is they need a run of games to start the game, you know, build up the minutes, play for an hour, play for 70 minutes next week, 80, 90, build them up. We can't afford it because it's a risk. And at the moment, we're desperate to try and get top four. If the rest of the season was, you know, just unimportant games where we weren't trying to battle for top four, then we could maybe kind of play them into form, but we just can't afford it. So I think that's a bit of what it is with, Klopp at the moment is he's just playing the players who he feels are the least are, are the lowest gamble basically. So mm-hmm. he's playing the most experienced players in Wijnaldum, Milner, and Thiago today, um, which is understandable. We've we've been unlucky with yet another centre back injury. Just when um, just when Nat and Quebec were getting a bit of a run together, so. Um, yeah, I don't know whether Klopp's looking back at it now and thinking we should have just kept Fabinho in midfield and, and played uh, maybe Reese at centre-back, but I think maybe he was worried about the impact Bamford would have and that he would bully either Reese Williams or mm-hmm. you know Ben Davis, I don't think, would have been considered even. So I think, unfortunately, injuries have kind of come and made his mind up for him today and it hasn't worked. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned a run of games for either Ox or Naby or Christ, even Davies, if we want to see if he actually exists. I mean, Newcastle next, then Manchester United, and then, I mean, our season could probably be done by then if we don't if we don't win both of them, possibly. 
Um, but after that, I mean, Southampton, West Brom, Burnley, Crystal Palace. If we want to finish the season seeing if either of them can do anything in the squadding, that's a perfect run to test someone, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent, mate. You know, it's 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 one of those ones. We've we've got the bloody Newcastle game at twelve thirty on a Saturday again, haven't we? So that is the the ideal slot to ruin a weekend again. Well, at least it's uh, over. I'd rather it be then than next <laughs> Oh God, <laughs> yeah. Like I know, yeah, because the the way the Monday things happened is it's got our hopes up all weekend by every result going yeah, our yeah. way. And then we've gone and fucked it up in the last five minutes on Monday night. Um, exactly. So, yeah, we, we do like to ruin our weekend on a 12.30 on a Saturday. So, you know, it is lined up nicely for that. But, you know, we've, we've got the win at home against Villa now. I'm, I'm hoping that we can start to bank on our home form again. That's, that's a really important game for us all of a sudden. And if we do get the win there, that is a chance for us to put pressure on the other sides. You know, West Ham are playing Chelsea, as we touched on earlier. So that's absolutely ideal for us. So, you know, we get the win against Newcastle. There's a chance that, that, that we are going to be right back in the mix there, obviously with a tough game against Man United to follow. But, you know, if we can come away, even with four points from those two games, mm. we've got a favourable run in then, as opposed to, you know, uh, Leicester. I forget the exact run in. But they've got three top six teams, I believe, mm-hmm. in their last three games, if I if I remember correctly. Yeah, so sure. um they they have they have very tough games anyway. I'm not sure which teams they were. So um I think hanging in there is important. I think we've got to remember that these teams aren't a man city where they win every week anyway. You know, there are points getting dropped now and again. So fingers crossed, either Leicester or Chelsea. Um drop enough points between now and the end of the season for us to just sneak in there. Yeah, you can only hope. You can only hope. Well, hopefully we just don't get booted out of the competition. Imagine we get top four and the booters out. That would probably be the worst. Uh, but um, Oh, no. See, I'm <laughs> one of my best mates is a massive Man United supporter, and uh, you know he's convinced that they can actually catch City. So, so you know, one of my uh, obviously, I don't want us to get booted out, but I think if if they could just pip or even get within a couple of points of City and then they boot us out, points I will take a little bit of satisfaction out of that. To be honest, <laughs> twenty points point deduction on the last day. Yeah, <laughs> Leicester are on the title. <laughs> they're already talking about it, aren't they? I mean, I just picking up on your point there. I mean. Leicester have got a few easy games coming up, but then they do have uh, Man United away. Then they've got, I mean, they've got Chelsea in the FA Cup final and then playing Chelsea again away in the Premier League right after. Uh, And then on to Spurs. Uh, Who knows who the manager will be at that time? Well, at the minute, Ryan Mason and Chris Powell, isn't it? So God knows. I mean, Ryan Mason's, I think he's only just new into coaching, and Chris Powell was a championship manager for a while, wasn't he? So yeah, yeah. yeah so the, it's probably still better than Mourinho, <laughs> yeah, more fun at least. I, uh, I mean, what, what yeah. a good day to bury bad news, though. I mean, that's his third mm. job, isn't it, Mourinho? That he's been sacked from now. At what point do we agree? 
he is just shit now. I mean, he's got ten years of just getting doing a horrendous job picking up probably near a hundred million pound. <laughs> yeah, he's done great for himself. It's good work fair. if you can get it, isn't it? <laughs> I, I love how he's kind of tried to style it out and act like he's taken the moral high ground here and left, and like oh, on yeah. his own, off his own back, going, "Oh, this is a protest against the Super League." Yeah, but <laughs> absolute bullshit. Fucking altruistic uh, Mourinho. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> building up he these teams the from the bottom up. Uh, he saw the Super League news and just went, I'm not getting a third year here, so I'm going to implode right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what a bloke. What a chop. Right. Um, last, what, 15 minutes of the game? I mean, Sam, we, we kind of mentioned it earlier or touched on it a bit, but Ali looked kind of back to his best, but is that worth the cost of that moustache? <laughs> Which is the more important, mm. uh, a good goalkeeping performance or looking cool as hell with a moustache in 2021? Um, I think we all know the moustache is the most important thing, but now yes. that that's gone, um, I thought it was a breath of fresh air to have our old Ali back today. Um, I think he was pretty outstanding on the day I know he made that poor pass in the last 10 minutes to the lead sub whose name has escaped me um, which you know, put us on the back foot again but apart from that I don't think he put much of a foot wrong and he made some incredible one-on-one saves today that's kept us in the game and actually you know you, you do forget sometimes when he keeps putting those saves in you do forget just how good those chances were for Leeds. And if we'd have had those chances ourselves, we'd be tearing our hair out right now, you know, baffled that we haven't won the game. So having Alisson at that level is absolutely vital for this Liverpool side, especially until we get the likes of Van Dijk and Gomez back in this side and Fabinho back in midfield. You know, we are going to continue to be a little bit leaky in the back, at the back. So having Alisson back, that that's one big positive from today's performance to see him making those huge saves today. And you know we've got to got to say the reason we've got a point from that match today, you can pretty much put it all down to Alisson's performance today. So you know that's that's huge credit to him. Yeah, yeah, I kind of half agree, but Dave, just on the other half, I don't agree with Sam that. We there's even between this Allison couple saves and Leeds' goal, we miss. Well, Mo misses a big chance, but before that, Robbo does one of the worst passes I've ever seen in my goddamn life. He has two options between yeah. Jotter and um, and Mo, and he puts it out for a goal kick somehow. <laughs> it, uh, it's, it's horrendous, mm. and and then Milner passes it straight out. To the you know to no one shortly after that, I I thought the Mo one when I saw that flash past the post, that was when I was thinking we're not going to win this, <laughs> and mm. I do always have this little pessimistic uh, chap on my shoulder to be fair, but I, it just did feel like he, he really should have put that away, and and you could see it definitely in slow motion. You know he just didn't make a very good connection on it at all, um, but. He did actually have quite a bit of space there to, you know, pick his spot. Um, Robertson, I, 
it's just a symptom of how we've been playing, though, isn't it? You know, some of our build-up play has still been quite good. All right, we lost the midfield in the second half, but, you know, we did have some good chances. But we get to that final third, and we just fucking shit ourselves. <laughs> I don't know if Robertson just had a massive brain fart there or what, but, yeah, it just it just looked quite shockingly bad. But, um, no, I mean, it felt, to be honest, like, you know, we had enough chances to kill off the game. But if I look at the XG, you know, it's got us down as 1.6 and leads as 2.6. So, you know, I, I don't know if they're counting up because they have more control of the game or whatever. Um, but, yeah, no, it felt to me like we had enough. chances, didn't they? I think... The chances they had in second half, I think, were a lot more clear-cut, whereas, as we mentioned mm. in the first half, we got into the box a lot, but, I mm. mean, what, we, Bobby had to do a few kick-ups on the edge of the box, then take the shot. It's like There wasn't many bit chances created, but there was a lot of surrounding the box, really, wasn't there? Mm. I mean, they hit the bar, didn't they, as well, Bamford? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I think... When you need a, a proper world class goalkeeper like Allison, it is when you know he can do nothing for eighty nine minutes, and they, then he can pull off a world class save. But when he's having to make you know three or four great saves, you, you think, well, this isn't this isn't going the right way. Uh, and ultimately, um, I mean, he didn't have a chance with the with the goal that they got. Let's move on to their goal then. I mean, I'll, I'll stick with you, Dave. You look at the corner, I mean, the, I can't remember if Bloody scored. Their player gets between Bobby and Kabak at the back post, and, and Kabak seems to have just kind of lost the man, whereas Bobby just kind of ignores the ball. It's it's a bit of a mess. Well, I think, as you play, we've not mentioned, so Kabak, I, I think. He's he started off a bit shaky, and I just think he's got better and better. And I love how he kind of carries the ball forward, almost Matip-like, when he just you know goes on a bit of a wonder every now and then. So I, I thought he played really quite well in this game. I, I thought when he got booked, it was absolutely ridiculous. He got the ball, and uh, I don't know what that was all about. But I did think that was his ball to win when mm -hmm. that corner came in. Uh, so Llorente you know, gets in there and <laughs> yeah, it's just a ultimately soft goal, isn't it? You know, th there's no, there's nothing clever. There's no near post flick on or, you know, clever work. It's just get it into the mixer and someone gets their fucking head on it. <laughs> it's just the most simple corner you could possibly score. And, um, I think that's what we obviously miss when Phillips isn't there. Obviously, you know, going back, Van Dyke is, is typically that real aerial presence. Um, but, you know, without Van Dyke and without Phillips, we just don't have that aerial presence. But even so, just felt it was a really soft goal. Yeah, Sam, I mean, their goal... Maybe, maybe we can talk about Kabaka's... Probably for 75 minutes, I thought it was an excellent performance for him, but he probably is mostly at fault for the goal, unfortunately. But... Do we want to focus on the bad or on the good? It's up to you. 
What type of person are you? On, on the good, you should know by now, mate. I'm a, a glass half full kind the of guy. Person in, the world. In, in general, <laughs> I won't know. I won't go that far, but um, yeah, I, I focus on the positives with Quebec. I think same as Dave when he first came in, he had a bit of a baptism of fire. Looked shaky as hell, um, and and struggled initially in a struggling team at the age of 20 going to a new country playing next to a midfielder in defence you know what I mean he had a horrendous time to come in and it was very difficult for him but the way he's developed in this short time has has been really impressive for me I, I thought when he first came in he, he seemed reluctant to even try any passes further than five yards basically he was playing really safe and and the scared to kind of progress the game and that was kind of costing us in an attacking sense and he, he seems to be a little bit more confident now going forward and as you said Dave's as Dave said um, he, he did a few Matip-esque you know there's a giraffe on the pitch kind of runs up uh, upfield <laughs> but you know a quality giraffe uh, you know a, a giraffe that has got skills in their locker and can progress the ball up, up the field and sometimes that's all you need to break the initial press of, of a team like Leeds, you know, they press up 100 mile an hour, you do a little body feint and get past the first man and the pitch can really open up pretty quickly. So um, that's refreshing to see that in his locker. Um, he's, he's growing with confidence game on game, but obviously, you know, he's not the finished article yet whatsoever. So there are going to be errors, which we've seen today. Um, and he's not that type of guy who's just going to clear everything out like Nat Phillips. He, he's, mm-hmm. he's a bit more of a nuanced uh, centre-back than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but ironically, in that instance, anyway, um, someone with Phillips's qualities would have been more appropriate in that one situation where you just want someone to just attack the ball and forget everything else and just hit it as far down the pitch as he possibly can. And I think we were a bit powder puff <laughs> in defending that corner. It was very weak. As you said, it seemed like uh, Firmino did a little dummy almost and moved out of the way of the ball more than anything. I, I think he might have been a bit unsighted by the Leeds player. I'm not sure. But yeah, really poor defending. And I, I don't know whether when the ball comes in that close to the goal, you know, was it was it in the six yard box by the time he headed it? It was pretty. Uh, it was close. Pretty, pretty bloody close. Edge, yeah, yeah, it's pretty bloody close. And for me, when the ball is crossed in that close to the goal, I love to see a keeper just come out and punch it clear out to play. Um, but you know, I'd, I'd have to watch it back to to say whether that was an option for Allison or not. But when it's that close to the goal, that that is something I do like to see sometimes. But you know. There's no blame to go on Allison for that goal. Let me be clear about that. Um, you know, we we just, I think it was just inevitable that Leeds were going to score if we kept giving away chances and we gave another chance right in the middle of the box. You know, it was going to happen eventually, unfortunately. Yeah, it was. It was. But unfortunately, Dave, the game doesn't just die a death there because we have another chance. And Ox, your beloved player. Um, <laughs> I mean, he just his first touch is just awful, and it kind of scrambles a pretty much a pass back to the to their goalkeeper, doesn't he? It's a well, it's a story of the game, isn't it, really? Yeah, and and 
you know, again, I, th- I think this summer, I think Klopp's got to make a decision about Bobby as well because, you know, we all know how great he's been. But this season, uh, I don't think you can live with a striker who scores so few goals, but also, you know, you don't have Mane and, and Salah either side of you chipping in with the goals. So, uh, you know, but I think how quick Bobby's feet generally are, I think if that chance falls to him, I, I think that might be a goal. But like I say, just unfortunately for Ox, he's just not found a rhythm since he's come back. Questionable whether he ever will. Um, you know, given the the extent of the injury he had. But yeah, it was it was one of those when it happened. I thought, you know what? Screw all the the <laughs> perception I have of Ox coming on and and not doing anything for the last few months. Uh, if he'd have put that one away, I'd have been up out out of my seat and uh, singing his name but uh, unfortunately it wasn't to be I mean it, it wasn't an easy chance was it you know he no. kind of came at him quick and, and he had to react and there's only a few players I, I think who'd have had the quick quickness of feet to actually deal with that one yeah and probably none of them play for Liverpool at the minute that's the problem not, not at the moment they <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, could have done with like Lionel Messi or something in that situation I, I think, um, I I think Bobby, I think his feet are quick enough. I think uh, Mo, that's the shooting bit with Bobby. <laughs> yeah, he'd probably balloon it over, but he'd have caught caught yeah. it under control quick enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and Mo, I mean, his recent finishing is not great either. But yeah, he's probably the best one there. Um, that's pretty much the game. I mean, any final thoughts? I mean, we kind of d- discussed what a draw means for us, Sam, but but. You mentioned probably it was probably our second hardest game left, apart from United. I mean, is a point good? I mean, we mentioned Allison was probably our man of the match. Um, considering the performance and the, and the situation surrounding the club, uh, which was just stupid amounts of pressure um, before, and is is a point that that bad? But we needed the win. I don't know. I'm trying to. I'm trying yeah. to convince myself a point's good, but I don't feel it. I I think it is good in the context of our performance, um, which was horrific in the second half. If we look back at the amount of chances we gave away, um, that's not good enough, you know. And usually in the Premier League, when you give away that many chances, you you leave with nothing. So, in the context of the performance, it's a very good point. I think a lot of people overestimate how many points teams tend to get when they're battling for top four. They tend to be a little bit uh, inconsistent, which is why they're, they're going for fourth, not for first. So there, there will still be chances, hopefully, for us to get top four. It feels like we've had our last chance for top four about 10 times in the last month, and uh, we keep getting another chance. So... I think we were still in the mix um, and and the fixture list, you know, five of the next six are very, very winnable games. So um, if we can get a, get away with a draw from Old Trafford, um, we've got a very good chance of, of picking up enough points from the remaining five games, the other five games then, uh, to get there. So, yeah, for me, mate, it's, it's very disappointing. Uh, 
same as all of you guys. I think we're all just fed up for the season now and just wanted to end. And and I think the team and the squad, with all the trauma that some of the guys, you know, Klopp and Alisson have lost loved ones and the COVID situation, everything, I think they've all just need a break. So it'll be a massive boost for us now. If we can try and get to that last game of the season, still in with a chance... We'll have the, the standard Gini Wijnaldum goal on the last day of the season to secure top four for us. <laughs> uh, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Uh, maybe a nice little parting gift for him uh, to give us if he is going to leave the club. And, you know, we, we'll all go into the summer then with a bit of positivity with this season behind us if we do manage to salvage a Champions League place. So I think, you know, they're not giving up on it. Um, the, the one thing I wanted to ask you guys is, you know, how do you feel about Salah being left out today, considering that we have no European football, no midweek games at all, all the way to the end of the season now? We've, we've got nothing else to concentrate on but the league, and we've ended up leaving Salah out, and, and we've dropped points. What do you think about that then? I mean, as I said at the start, my, he's my FPL captain, so I should have expected it. Yeah, so it's it's on you basically. It is. What it's it's my bir- it was my birthday, so that's never a good bloody sign. He's my FPL captain, which I forgot to change to Harry Kane because FPL's awful this season, and we're very shit at the minute. So it was just the free-headed shitness, <laughs> all on all on me, all on me. You score a hat trick next week. I'm giving the benefit of the doubt that. You know, the behind the scenes, the coaching staff have seen that he's maybe a little bit fatigued, could do with the rest. He never looks like it whenever I see mm. him. You know, he's always one of the busiest players on there. Um, but I'm at the moment, I'm writing it off down to that. And But hopefully, you know, we've got six games left now, haven't we? I reckon we need 65 points to get into that top four. Oof, that, that's cool. usually... Uh, where it, you know, where it is, that means winning the last uh, four out of the last six. So you know we've got to play him for those six. Hmm. I mean, yeah, just that... to give my actual two cents on more, I think even if it was just a selection thing, the other three didn't do enough tonight to warrant being over more. And I'd say that completely annoying. More is the top our top goal scorer by a mile, and I think he's only second to Kane now in the league. So. But the, if the others were performing, I mean, Jota's probably playing the best of the bunch, but he's not exactly at his best himself. So, yeah, even if it was a selection thing, more should be back in the rest of the season, regardless. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think you're probably right, Dave. I think it is, it's got to be kind of a red zone thing. And the science guys have just said it's him that's going out now. Obviously, we've been playing these guys in the red zone a lot this season, but now that we've got Jota back, there is that option to do a bit of rotation. This is exactly what we were hoping we were going to be able to do uh, once Jota's come back in. Uh, unfortunately, when the, we don't get the result the way you want, it's easy in hindsight then, I suppose, to say I should have started with more. But for me, when I saw him on the bench, I thought great, we got a really good player coming off the bench and can make a big impact on the game. But um, yeah, and for, unfortunately, it wasn't to be today. Yeah, I I think Moore's probably a better star. I think out with the two, out with the lot, you'd probably say Marnie and Jota are the best sub options, but one of them has to start because, well, we mentioned Bobby's form. But anywho, we've somehow gone over an hour on that game. Um, 
Sam, any final thoughts or plugs or anything you want to bring up before we go? Just, uh, I don't know about you guys, I didn't celebrate our goal again. And it's 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 upsetting that mm. you feel like, I don't know if you guys thought maybe Trent was going to be off. Um, I, thought, from... I thought the handball was definitely going to go. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. yeah I, I know. I was th- Well, I, I thought it wouldn't happen because the way they've gone, at the start of the season, that would have definitely been given as a penalty, but they did mm-hmm. kind of change the way they've been treating them and they haven't been giving them for quite a while now. So if they had given that, I would have smashed my telly up, I'm pretty sure of it. Uh, but yeah, it's just, uh, I, I'm disappointed in myself almost that I didn't celebrate the goal because I, I had that niggling feeling in the back of my head that they were going to disallow it for offside against Trent because I thought it was going to be really tight. And mm. when you know the way they are with offsides at the moment and the way that the, the Bobby decision went against us the other day, uh, against Villa, that goal disallowed. I didn't allow myself to enjoy the moment, and the only good moment of that whole game where we got finally got a goal, finally got a goal for Sadio Mane, uh, one of my favourite players. I didn't get to enjoy it properly because once the goal was finally confirmed, it was about a minute or so after the ball going in the back of the net, and yeah, it it is a bloody shame, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, if the Super League lads just came out and said VARs are not happening, the English referees aren't happening, it'd probably yeah. get a lot more support. I am <laughs> fucking all in. Yeah. We yeah. get like Robo Kalina in, so yeah. uh, we just get Kalina in for every game, uh, robot style. I'll do. Or you can just do it. Do Howard it from Web without the Mank preference. <laughs> <laughs> There's no such thing. But, That's uh, true. You'd have, to, you'd have to give him brain surgery, isn't it? Um, yeah, Dave, so that, that was it, mate. Yeah. yeah. Dave, any final thoughts or plugs or anything from you? I mean, I'll, I'll echo what Sam said, though, about just celebrating goals. And I think, you know, we've been discussing power over the last 48 hours. Who's actually got the power in this game that we love? I, I'm not sure who it is, but they need to be listening to the fans because this this happened to me, I think it was around December time when we scored a goal and I, I just didn't celebrate it at all. And it was it's a completely involuntary thing. You know, you can't decide, oh, I'm, I'm just not going to celebrate because, you know, it's going to be chucked off with VAR. Just usually you just, you've leapt up, up, haven't you, and celebrated it and then, you know, you get the delay and whatever. It's happened to me as well, where I'm just like, oh, right, oh, it's hit the back of the net. Right, let's wait, see, you know, is that going to be chalked off? And some of the injustice as well, some of the nonsense offside decisions that we've seen, I still, you know, can't get over that Everton one, uh, where Mane was judged to be to have been offside. And you can see the red line just does not touch any part of Mane's body. Um so uh, they really have to listen to us because I think that is a problem. The fact that you cannot get that elation, that feeling, that euphoria when a goal, you know, when the ball hits the back of the net, there's no feeling like it. And that's taken away from us. And we've just left with this sterile game. Um, it, it's just not not fun. So all the stuff about power struggles, I think, is a is a lesser problem than, you know, just simply making the game enjoyable to watch. 
I think the the second thing I, I'd like to say is just I was so glad. Just I, I'm disappointed with the draw, but I am delighted that we didn't lose because mm. I mentioned at the top that you know there's so many people with their own agendas that they're trying to drive. And I could just see it now that all the people would be shouting that, you know, oh, this was a victory for football because, you know, Leeds United, this little plucky club, uh, beat one of these top six teams who are looking to break away, break, you know, stick it to the man. I could just see it. And uh, people were already alluding to that. I noticed Gags tweeted like Andy Burnham saying, that, you know, everyone's supporting Leeds. Oh, yeah. Fuck off, you fucking prick. Right? <laughs> It's nothing to do with that. It's nothing to do with the players on the pitch. It's nothing to do with Klopp or anything like that. Just keep your own fucking agendas to yourself. And that's my uh, that's my second point, guy. <laughs> I like it. I like. I like it. It's just. Uh, I think I don't always agree with Carragher, but I think him and Neville. I, I try to avoid the Monday night football coverage because it was what it was, but. When they were mentioning, it's not that it's not Liverpool that's doing it; it's FSG, and that's obviously a a topic in itself. And there's been numerous podcasts from every Liverpool podcast group there is. It's just it is. It's Liverpool. You you mentioned Dave, I think earlier on um, this socialist paradise that football, Liverpool Football Club, especially used to be. It's just it's not that way. But now FSG almost tarnishing. Liverpool's idealism, whatever the hell mm-hmm. the right word is. So, yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's going to be a tough couple months, price not even even a years for the fan base in in a different way. But at least there's five other English clubs that are kind of getting the stick with us, I suppose. But anywho, there'll be enough time to uh, debate the Super League nonsense, and this very forgettable game will be forgotten within a week, I presume. But anywho, that has been me. Uh, Nina should be back for Newcastle. You'll be bored of me by then because I'll be either in the background, I'll be on Rate Don't Hate and all that jazz over on the uh, the paid side. But I'm back. I was back on the free side. Look at me. Um, but yeah, thank you. And uh, hopefully, hopefully the season has something for the last part of it. But uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Goodbye. Podcast Network.